welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. What's going on world, my name is Serial Sensei, host of the Dojo Talk Podcast, this is episode number 159, as always you can give this podcast a listen on SoundCloud, YouTube, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Apple Podcasts, and questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at Yahoo.com, hit us up on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook, as well as Instagram page, follow me on Twitter, at Serial Sensei, and you can follow my co-host on Twitter, at GC Seuss. Um, this episode is actually the other half of the conversation from last week's episode, which if you didn't listen, uh, last week we did a mailbag episode, um, and that episode as a whole ended up running really long, so we just chopped it in half and made it two episodes, so we let the mailbag episode be its own thing, that was episode number 158, this episode 159 is technically the first half of that other conversation, um, where we actually did focus on fights, so on this episode... Um, you'll get to hear discussions about uh, Glory 71, uh, Glory 72. Uh, we talked a little bit about Ben Askren's retirement and kind of like what his legacy is. Um, and of course, we cover the Deontay Wilder and Luis Ortiz rematch, as well as uh, a few other fights. We talked about one championship uh, and you know, a few other random ramblings. Y'all know how we do <laughs> on, on this podcast. But um, yeah, so this episode is pretty fight centric. So uh, you get to hear breakdowns of that. Oh, we also talked about uh, Bellator London, the uh, Michael Venom Page fight. That was also a thing. Um, but yeah, so this episode is a bit more fight centric. Um, if you want to hear the other half of the conversation where we had the mailbag episode, like I said, go back to the previous week, episode 158. You can listen to that. It was a great episode, great conversation, a lot of great questions. Once again, shout out to you guys for sending those in. Um, but this episode, just wanted to talk about some fights. Keep the content rolling. I know the UFC has been on a drought. They're not back until like December 7th. But I still want to put out content every week. Just because there's no UFC. Don't mean there ain't no fights going on. There's somebody getting punched or kicked in the face. No matter what day of the week it is. What weekend. Somebody somewhere is getting beat up. Um, you know. And as we say on this podcast. I know the tagline. Anytime somebody's getting punched. And or kicked in the face. We're going to be there to talk about it. And somebody's getting punched or kicked in the face. So we talked about it. <laughs> so... Um, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. We will be back in full force uh, once that Usman Covington card drops and the content. Just keep on rolling, man, because that's what we do over here. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. I'm Serial Sensei, and until next time, we'll catch you guys later. And speaking of the anti-cool, of course, I'm joined by my co-host, the anti-cool. What's going on, man? Uh, yeah, not that much. It's been a pretty chill weekend. Uh, it's really weird because like I, I didn't sit through like seven hours of combat sports last night. <laughs> I got in and got out. You know, it was late, but I got in, I got out, went to sleep. Yeah. So you know, it was weird. Like I, like I said, didn't watch seven hours, but I still went to sleep like absurdly late. Mm. <laughs> and I'm still <clears> tired <throat> this morning. That's because the West Coast are a bunch of bitches. Yeah, y'all got yeah. 
Have your car at 3.30, man. Oh, we need to to have our fight happen at 8 o'clock so we can all watch, I I don't know, uh, like, well, no, it would be like 9 o'clock. We need our fight to happen at 9 o'clock so we can all get home from work on a Saturday. It's like, come on. Yeah, y'all trash. Y'all trash. Listen, man, on the East Coast, we got to brave through it. Like, there have been times I got home from work and almost missed the main event (laughs) because they don't care about us over here. Y'all aren't special. Give it the program, man. But, um, yeah, no, even with the lack of UFC, I still had fun this weekend and throughout the week. Like, I still found myself finding a lot of fights that I either forgot were happening or didn't know were going on, and it was still a good time. Um, but before we get started, uh, shout out to the listeners, uh, a lot of y'all from the West Coast, so, uh, <laughs> I, mean, it, I feel like we insult at least one group of listeners. Um, yeah. A week, you know, or every episode. It, so somebody yeah, has to a, do every episode. Yeah. We still love y'all, but it's tough love, you know. But still come back. Uh <laughs> the top cities for the week. Uh oh, once again they do this thing, uh, where somehow Brooklyn and New York, New York aren't the same thing. So once again, uh, Brooklyn, uh, you guys apparently are your own uh, entity. So you are the number one uh, listener base for the week. Uh, number two, New York, New York. Number three, San Marcos, California. Uh, number four, how do you say this? Al, Al, Albemarle? I, I'm definitely butchering this. A-L-B-E-M-A-R-L-E, North Carolina. So, shout out to you guys. <laughs> number five, Concord, North Carolina. And tied for number five was also uh, Mountain View, California. So, shout out to you guys. Uh, but still, man, on the West Coast, man. We your fights are, man. We, we're tired of staying up until, like, midnight. Because y'all want fights at your special time. Same for basketball. Like, I'm tired of these 10-30 games. So, I never watch, like, <laughs> Lakers games or anybody. Like, come on, man. This is why the league's ratings are down. You send LeBron James to the West Coast, and all of a sudden, like, no one wants to stay up till midnight to watch him freaking sit out 10 minutes at the end of the game. Yeah, y'all gotta gotta get it together. But, uh, this episode will be a little different, a little more, uh, I guess, loose in format. Um, I I, I sent the bat sky, not bat sky, (laughs) the bat symbol. A call to the world to uh, get some questions so we could do this mailbag episode because there were, as you guys know, uh, there won't be any UFC again until, what is it, December 7th, I want to yes. say? Um, yes. But the show must go on, man. We, we still got content to put out just because there's no UFC. Doesn't always mean there's no podcast. We still got fights and other other miscellaneous things to talk about. But I sent out the, the back call to get some questions and you guys responded. And I want to thank everybody who sent in questions um will be that'll pretty much be the crooks of the episode we'll still go through uh uh, news and notes because there are a few news stories and things to talk about but uh, pretty much the uh main portion of this episode will be you guys's questions so once again thank you guys for everybody who submitted questions um and we will get to those in a few but start things off uh, we will start off, of course, with our What's On Your Mind segment where we have any random 
non-MMA related things, or anything, just some random just to kick off the episode, uh, to talk about and we can ramble about for just for a few minutes. Uh, <clears throat> Anti cool. Do you have anything on your mind this week? And plenty, but nothing makes for an interesting conversation. To be honest with you, um, I think I mentioned this podcast before, the Behind the Bastards podcast. Um, and if you're listening to this, you shouldn't be listening to any other podcast. I mean, what else do you need? Right. But like, we're at the WWE. We got a bit of everything. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> that's, a, that's a reference to a story where, like, Vince McMahon once caught one of the writers for WWE watching, like, a guy. I think it was just, like, some random sitcom on his laptop, and he got really mad at him. He's like, why are you watching this crap? Like, this is, just watch wrestling. We have everything you need. We got comedy. We got drama. We got romance. He got really upset. <laughs> Romance. Probably some racism in there a little bit. I mean, uh, Bobby Lashley yeah. is cucking the shit out of Rusev right now. <laughs> with his actual wife. Like, uh, Lana and Rusev are married in real life. And the storyline on the show is that Lana just left Rusev for Bobby Lashley. <laughs> it, it's the most awkward thing. I hope that to be Bobby Lashley's gimmick from now on. He just goes around and breaks up relationships. I feel oh, like even the... if that gimmick stops, it's probably just going to follow him forever. Yeah. I mean, it's the kind of thing that does. Uh, yeah, but the the podcast behind the bastards is a recommendation because um, I've, I've been listening to it religiously for like the past month and I'm almost through all the episodes. Um, you know, it's a podcast about the worst people in history, their stories. I think I told one of them on here about the yeah, guy who... talk about the scammer dude. The scammer dude who is, like, my favorite of all the people on um, this because <laughs> literally everybody else is, like, a Nazi or, like, insane. Um, you know, they have he does episodes on King Jong-un. He does episodes on uh, Mike Adams. If you know who Mike Adams is, I'm so, so sorry. Um... He's like the low-key Alex Jones. L. Ron Hubbard, uh, Bashar al-Assad, Gary Young. Uh, oh, Gary Young, the, the the fake doctor who drowned his own baby and then found essential oils. Uh. Yeah. He thought that um, when the baby's like, connected to the umbilical cord, uh, all they really need is warm water because the umbilical cord gives them oxygen. So he left his baby, like his newborn baby, like... His wife gave birth in a hot tub, and he just left the baby underwater for an hour, and it drowned. That sounds like the worst kind of, like, bro science. Like, mm. like, where did you get that from? I don't know, because he's not, like, like he's not even one of those doctors who tried to go to school. He's, like, he grew up on a farm, and he was like, I don't want to be a farmer anymore, so I'm going to be a doctor. God. Yeah, but, um... Yeah, no. So if you are, if you want to learn about like I don't know the paid uh, the payday loan industry, um, how chiropractic was founded to be like a religious cult, and the guy who founded it was like he said he got all his information from ghost. Yeah, go check it out because that that's a thing. <laughs> there you go. Don't don't go to the chiropractor. 
Yeah, you thought they were cracking your back back in place, and here come some spirits. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's wild. <laughs> uh, there was one where um about this woman named Georgia Tan who started the mo- the modern model for adoption, like you know adopting like kids with no parents. Mm. But she was literally just stealing children from poor families and getting away with it because she was friends with like the biggest judge in Memphis. Like I'm, I don't mean like, like you know, like taking like she was literally just going to people's houses and taking children out of their homes. She once lured a kid away from like her, like his family with like ice cream. Like snatched them, put them in the back of the limo, and then drove off. There's some. Yeah, and you want to know who was one of the pe- one of the kids she kidnapped? Because a lot of them went on to go like become famous. Oh lord, who we got? Who we got? Rick Flair. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm somehow trying to connect that to like his persona, and if there's like something. Like he definitely knows, but like I want to know, like, dude, Rick Flair. I feel so bad for Rick Flair because like it's, I mean. Like between that and his son, it, it kind of seems like his relationship with his daughter isn't the best. It's just kind of. Uh... Hate to see it. Yeah. Trash people out there. Yeah, she stole like five thousand kids, and then, like, she was selling them. That's the thing to like rich families, but. It was literally just anybody who would pay her money. So, you know. Hope y'all can't hear that rain. It is uh, Mother Nature's unleashing outside over here. Jeez. <laughs> Mother Nature is crying for Ric Flair. Yeah, there you go. Right. We got it. We got you, Ric Flair. We got you. Well, what's on your mind, Sensei? Hopefully it's less depressing than what's on mine. Uh, I don't have anything too much. Um, I saw... Uh, a list the other day about some, uh, I guess the Grammys are coming up. Not that I care about the Grammys. I don't really watch any award shows, to be honest. Um, but, like, the Grammys always kind of, you know, made me think, like, oh, what what did come out this year? What, what have I really, like, enjoyed listening to? And I, I felt like I've actually come across a lot of good stuff this year. I've become fans of some new artists. Uh, old artists, I don't say old, but people that I've always been a fan of continue to like put out great work. Um, I don't know if you saw Rhapsody's uh, Funk Flex uh, freestyle that you put out probably like a day or two ago. I did not, but I, uh, I saw it that it exists and I wanted to see it. Yeah, like Rhapsody might be like the best rapper on the planet right now. Like, <laughs> bro, she, she is a monster, man. She is a monster. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I thought thought that was dope. I'd just been kind of just in in my music uh in my music mode. Like I've heard a lot of people say they thought it was like a, a maybe not a bad year, but a slow year. And maybe compared to last year, it was because in 2018, like 80,000 albums came out. And even though that's kind of the case every year, because there's just so much music in general. But like last year, it was like every week, like somebody new was just constantly beating you over the head and th- this year was a little more subdued but there was still some great projects like Rhapsody's Eve was really good Little Brother came out of nowhere uh they put out one of the best albums this year I still need to get one of those blackness t-shirts 
need to get some of their merch. They have some really cool merch. Um, I, I've been on this like infatuation with like drug rap stage. <laughs> like, I, I've been in this mood where I, I want to hear just really aggressive street drug rap or just like really smooth R&B. And uh, thank God I've just stumbled across Benny the Butcher, and he's been like my favorite rapper this year. Um, was he in the jail? Or was he the one who got shot? No, uh, was it Westside Gun who got shot? I can't no, remember. Westside Gun is the Westside Gun is the one who kept going because Benny the Butcher and the other one whose name escapes me who like so oh, Benny the Butcher and the other dude were supposed to be like the like the lead acts, but one got shot and the other one got locked up. Yeah, because Westside didn't actually want to rap. Yeah, he didn't care. want. Yeah, he, he just wanted to be like the dude behind the the, the, behind the label. Yeah. Then, but, uh, ben, yeah, Benny's yeah. out. Alright. Yeah, Benny's out. Ben, Benny, Benny's really good, man. Between Benny... I'm not a huge West Side Gun fan. I, I've kind of warmed up to him a little bit. But uh, Benny the Butcher is an animal. I, and I, I really like Conway, too. And there's this other guy. Um, he's not with Griselda. Um, but I think he's from Buffalo. His name is 38 Spech. Um If you really just want that kind of rap, they really, really, really feel that void. <laughs> they, like, do it really, really, really well. Um, and there's been some good R&B this year, man. Uh, Sir from TDE, um, his album Chasing Summer is amazing. Um, there's another artist, I don't know where he's from, but his name is Gallant. Um, he has an album called Sweet Insomnia. Really, really, really good R&B album. Um, I don't know, there's been a lot of good music this year, man. I've, I've had, a lot of, had a lot of fun with hip-hop this year. Um, no, that's just been on my mind. I've just been in this really uh music mode. Not not anything too crazy. Uh but yeah, that's pretty much what's been on, on my mind. Drug rap and R and B. There you go. <laughs> that's, that's what's been on my mind. So, uh today's episode will kinda sorta be in normal format. Um we'll run through news and notes. I have one I have some fight announcements. Um Due to some of the questions we got, I'm not going to give opinions on some of these fights because some of them are mentioned um, in the questions we got. And then I have one kind of news story, and then uh, we'll, we'll jump into you guys' questions. Uh, so, fight announcements. I'll breeze through these real quick. Actually, are a pretty decent amount of them. Um, at UFC 247, at least I'm assuming that's from the articles I read, that's what this event is supposed to be. Uh, UFC 247, excuse me, which is supposed to take place in Houston on February the 8th. We will have uh, John Jones. He will be back defending his light heavyweight title against Dominic Reyes. Um, also on the same card, uh, Valentina Shevchenko will be defending her flyweight title against Caitlin Jukagian. And in a really bizarre matchup that I don't think any of us asked for, but my God, am I here for it, and I'm going to watch it, and I'm <laughs> for some reason, I'm, like, excited to see how this fight turns out. Uh, Derek Lewis is fighting uh, Lear Latifi, and I don't know why this fight's happening, and to be honest, I don't care why it's happening. Like, it's, it's kind of madness. This is, like, a, a really... This is such a wonky heavyweight fight, but, like, it's heavyweight. Like, this is... These are the fights we get. These are the fights you want. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I want Alir Latifi hitting a German suplex <laughs> on Derek Lewis. You know what was wild? I actually didn't... Because um, when this fight first got announced, 
I thought, for some reason, I always thought Latifi was shorter than he is, but he is actually like 5'10". So Derek, Derek, oh, how tall is Derek Lewis? He's still going to be, I feel like he's still going to give up height. But I, I don't know why I imagine him being a lot shorter than 5'10". Who? Latifi? Latifi? I, I thought he was so, like... Because he's compact. Right. <laughs> I thought he was like my height. <laughs> like, I thought he was like 5'8", but he was just like... He's like, no, the muscles make me look short. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, Derek uh, was 6'3", 6'4", something like that. Mm. Which is weird, because he always looks short, but it's also because he's round. <laughs> he's round, and, like, his, his... I feel like his posture, like, he doesn't... I don't know, it's weird. It's weird. But, no, nah, this fight is a... This is a really wacky fight that I was not expecting, but when I saw the headline, I was like, you know what, man, this is heavyweight. Let's do it. Like, let's let's do it. I'm with it. I don't know who's going to win. I, I really don't. Like, <laughs> I want to say Lewis, and I want to be confident in that pick, but this is heavyweight, man. Like, wacky, just, wacky things just kind of happen. But that's going down. Uh, so that, that card looks like it's shaping up to be pretty good. Um, at UFC Raleigh, uh, we'll have Ra- uh, Rafael Dos Anjos against Michael Chiesa. Um, at UFC 246, uh, this looking like that's what that card is going to be on January 18th. Um, I, I believe this should be the first uh, card for the UFC for 2020. Um, we will have Alexa Grasso versus Claudia Gadelia, uh, Sadiq Youssef versus Andre Feely. And I don't know if this fight is official yet, but it's at least in the works. Uh, we'll have Macy Barber versus Roxanne Montefiore. Um So that looks like a that's that's a solid. Uh, I, I don't know what's going to be the headliners. I don't think any of these are the headliners. But what card um, is that again? Uh, the articles I said said it. It's looking like it's going to be UFC 246 on January 18th, and that'll that, be the first card of the year. That's the card they they want McGregor Cowboy on. So. I, I think so. I think two forty seven, like that. No, that numbering is contingent on whether or not Connor Cowboy gets made for the eighteenth. Okay. Yeah, and, that, and that's so why. That, yeah, okay. yeah that, that's why they don't have a like a, a, a actual like name for the event yet. So it's either going to be a fight night or it's going to be UFC two forty six. Right. Yeah. So yeah, those the fights we listed, they're official. The events are. Yeah, like like Antaku said, contingent on some other factors. Um, but as of now, that's what I have, so that's that's what I got. But n- nonetheless, those cards look like they're shaping shaping up to be pretty good. Um, and the last fight I have mentioned, uh, the GOAT Dave Branch, he has resurfaced. He'll be fighting Alexander Shlomenko um, in a Russian promotion called RCC uh, on December 14th. And Alexander Shlomenko has been having a lot of, like, wild fights outside of Bellator. If if anybody's been keeping up with him, he's been having some really fun scraps. Um, I, I, I'm looking forward to that fight. I'm looking forward to that fight. I feel like that fight could be a lot of David Branch is gonna like win like the first three rounds. He'll be able to like out grapple him, and then Shlomenko is just gonna land like spinning back fist from nowhere, <laughs> and like the fight is over. Mm. But um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see it. We'll see, though. I, I, I like that matchup, though. I really like that matchup. Um, so that'll be at RCC 7. I don't know how to watch RCC, but <laughs> it'll pop up somewhere, I'm sure. That's a, it's a pretty, outside of the UFC, that's that's a pretty, like, high-profile fight. Um, 
Uh, do you have any new stories? I only have one, which will be a little conversation, but I'll let you go if you have any. Uh, let me check the uh, the machine. Uh, no. Got nothing. Not not interesting. I don't think I feel like I did. Wait, well, no, you go you go with yours. Uh oh, Nate. I don't know if it's interesting, but Nate, um, Mark Ward, um, he wants to fight again in Bellator. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I don't know if that's interesting or just <laughs> offsetting, or I mean off-putting, but... Uh, Nate, Nate, I think we're good, man. Uh, do we want to talk about rumors, or should I just... Uh, rumors are cool. Do some rumors. So, rumor is, by the time you guys hear this, um, we're supposed to be getting some type of announcement on a Foy Mayweather UFC fight. Not in the UFC, I mean Zufa Boxing, as in he's working with Dana White. And apparently the lead candidate is Khabib Nurmagomedov. And I am... Um... I mean... Is, I is, hate, is, is that not a Zuma I, fight? <laughs> I hate everything. But yeah. I hate this more than everything. Is this... Is Oh, man. Is, is Dana going to use, like, Zufa boxing to make, like, all of these random call-out fights come into fruition? Like Only, only the ones that make him $60 million with no effort. So we'll get Stipe and, and Fury. We'll get... Didn't Ganu want to fight somebody? He wanted to fight. Um, he wanted to fight uh, Fury, I believe. Yeah, Ganu and Fury, uh, Masvidal and Canelo. <laughs> like, the, the, like this is so stupid. Like, oh my god. Um, you know what the messed up thing is? Like, If you're a UFC fighter, you don't need the UFC to do this. Like, they're doing this because McGregor did it. And they made them a nest of the money. And they want to cover their bases so that no matter what you do, they have their hand in it. Because they did not promote... Like, they, I don't think they put up any money for that fight. Like, that was all pure profit for them. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. It, it's... <laughs> uh, I talked about this on Twitter when all these random call-outs were happening between, like, in, insert MMA fighter versus insert boxer. Um, so I saw a lot of people complaining, and rightfully so, like, you guys can't, you're not going to beat any of these boxers. Like, I'm sorry. You're not You're not walking into the boxing arena. You're not beating Floyd. You're not beating Canelo. Like, it's, it's not going to happen. But, like... They're going to make a lot of money doing it. Yeah, like, and that's the point. Like, that's... That was my response to this. Is, is, is it was never about. Uh, maybe some of these guys are crazy and think they have a chance. Maybe they do. But at the end of the day, it's a bag chase. Like that's all it is. If I've been fighting in MMA for or in the UFC for X amount of years, and I've been putting in all this work, and I feel like that I haven't really gotten my just due uh, monetarily. And I look at what Connor did. If I can even get like a fraction of what that did, I'm set. But, it, but here's the thing: Connor's a superstar beyond the sport of MMA. 
in that everybody knows who he is. Nobody cares anymore if Deontay Wilder fights Stipe Miocic than if Deontay Wilder fights Luis Ortiz. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's not going to move more paper. Like, that's a th- like none of these other guys besides maybe Jorge Masvidal has that like not aura about them, but like that 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 cult of personality, right? Where he's able to manipulate people into believing that he can do the impossible. You, you feel me? So yeah. like, Con- Connor somehow, some way, tricked like millions of people into believing he had a shot to win that fight. I don't see anybody uh, who could, like, go this route realistically and, like, do the same thing. Like, do, do you honestly believe that people would tune in to see um, Nganu versus, like, uh, Fury with the expectation that Nganu would win? We, we've seen Nganu outboxed in MMA. <laughs> Oh, I, I, to be honest, I feel like people would tune in because people love, there's something about like a spectacle or a freak show that's just like people, it draws people in. Like it just, if you can promote it the right way, if you can get the right clips out there, you can fool enough people into, I think, and I, I think for the, any, any of the UFC or just MMA guys in general, even if you, of course, yeah, you're not going to do what Conor did because, you know, like I said, Conor was just kind of, he was a, just such a large, just polarizing figure. It's still probably going to be a higher payday than what they're getting in the UFC. I mean, in the UFC, you're probably, I was saying Ganu's, and Ganu and Masvidal, I would hope, I haven't looked up any of their paydays, so I, I could be wrong. They might be clearing six figures. I would think. I would hope they are. You put them on a boxing pay-per-view. I guarantee they're getting a mil, at least. You're getting a mil. You're going to make a couple mil. Because that, that bag is just different. So even if it's, you know, even if they don't do what McGregor did, it's still probably going to be a bigger payday than what the UFC can give them. And, I mean, I don't know if we talk about fight or pay a bunch on here. And if that's the route dudes are going because they want to get paid, and I guess this is, I don't like it. It looks kind of nasty. And I don't like it because I don't think any of these fights are, like, actually going to be good. But dudes are trying to get paid. The only fight, the only boxing fight I want to see is um, Amanda Nunes versus Cecilia Breakhouse. And that's be only because Amanda Nunes actually beat a world champion boxer. I, I mean, know, did, did she not? Yeah, she did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she did. Exactly. And she do got hands. <laughs> she does have hands. But I don't know, man. It's, it's, you know, it's combat sports. This is the wackiness we we get. We thought we were done with this after James Tony and, uh, actually, no, not even that, because it predates that, but... I guess I would have thought that would have been the last of it, like after Tony and then. Uh... No, nah, it's always about the personality, man. Dude, uh... like if people, like if there is enough people behind you that you are a star, 
that you are like a bona fide star and people want to be you and people want to be near you and stuff like that, like they will, they will push you. Uh, they they will talk you up a lot. Well, uh, good luck to any of y'all uh, trying to go into the boxing arena. Shouts to KSI and Logan Paul, especially <laughs> Logan Paul, future, future heavyweight champion of the world. <laughs> That that should be who y'all have to fight as the warm up. Like you can't go straight to the title fight. You got to go through KSI, <laughs> Logan Paul. You got in your stripes. Oh man. Well, I'll say real quick before I, I move on to my story of of all of those like MMA versus boxer callouts. Which um which MMA fighter has the best chance to win? Um, probably one of the heavyweights just because they hit the hardest, man. Like. Like, all respect the world to Jorge Masvidal. He got outboxed by freaking uh, Stephen Thompson. I'm supposed to believe he's going to outbox Canelo, who might be the best pure boxer in the world right now. Like, Henry Cejudo is really going to go out there and just walk down Vasily Lomachenko and, like, knock him out or something. So... Um, yeah, so, like, I, I don't know, Francis Ngannou knocking out Deontay Wilder or Anthony Joshua or something like that is probably the most realistic because those are two deeply flawed heavyweights, but even then, I'd still pick them to win by, like, a huge margin. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, uh, Ngannou probably would have the best chance when you hit that freakishly hard. Yeah, that that's just like a you know puncher, not even puncher's chance thing, but you know what I mean. Con- when we'll get to it, kind of like the Wilder Ortiz fight. It only takes one, one run, one good angle, one one right shot that just lands ever so clean, <laughs> and you, you might be able to put him out. But yeah, I, I don't want to see any of these fights. But if that's what Zufa Boxing is gonna do, I can't say I'm surprised as Dana. It's whatever. <laughs> yeah, you gotta find new avenues to milk money. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. Oh. It is what it is. Um, so my story, which we I, this was eventually gonna be a topic on here, um, but it came a little earlier than I thought it would. But I figured now would would be a good time to talk about it. So uh, I can't remember what day this happened, but uh, Mr. Ben Askren announced his retirement from MMA. Um. I didn't watch any, uh, probably should have did this, because we do a podcast and we talk about it, but <laughs> I didn't watch any, like, the interviews or things he said about it, just a couple of headlines. Uh, one of the headlines I saw was, you know, he, he knew he wasn't good enough, or at least that's what he said. Um, so it didn't seem like he was making any excuses, like, he just wasn't good enough. He got to the UFC, he fought some of the uh, highest quality of, of competition, and he had one fight that... He won, but a lot of people will put an asterisk by it. And then, obviously, he had the fight with uh, Masvidal, which knee hurt around the world. And then he had the, uh, I was about to say Lima. <laughs> he had the, um, oh, God, I'm blanking. Old old guy. Damn it, Maya. Maya, Maya. <laughs> he had the Maya fight. That didn't go his way. Um, and immediately when I saw that headline, I was just, I was trying to figure out in my mind, like, how... How is Ben Askren going to be remembered? Because, I guess for context of the conversation, like, I've never really been an Askren fan. 
Um, but I, I can't really discredit. I, I don't. I also, on, on the same token of, of me not being a fan, I also don't like discrediting what someone did, either just because they lost or because what they did wasn't like inside of the UFC. So it automatically means like, oh, they they weren't good, they weren't great, like. And it, it's kind of another. I don't want to segue to another conversation, but. The, the top if you're a top guy in any if you're a top guy in Bellator UFC one uh sounds like it's some other like major hitters um I don't know like you're still I would say like in like an elite class like there are still very few people on the planet who who make it that far and so I don't want to discredit what he did outside of the UFC just because it wasn't, you know, just because he was elsewhere. But, um, yeah, I was just thinking, like, how was he going to be remembered? Because he, he had a, a great run in Bellator. He went undefeated. He, he beat guys like uh, he, he dominated Douglas Lima, who some people are arguing it might be the best welterweight on the planet right now. He dominated him. He dominated uh, Korshkov. Um, but he's also had a couple of close fights, I guess, with people who, they thought he should have beat, like, the Jay Haran fight. Um, some of his one championship fights weren't the greatest. <laughs> but, like, he, he had a run. He had a really good run. And then he came to the UFC towards the tail end of his career. And I think we've said that on this podcast numerous times that, like, there was there was uh, that point, I can't remember when, a couple of years ago, when they, we thought he was going to come to the UFC, but, like, him and Dana had beef, and then he ended up in one. And I felt like that would have been the time for him to come over. Um because, like, him coming over at 35, I think we said that when he got signed, is, like, at 35, like, how long is he even really going to be around here? And I guess we got our answer. But, um, <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, how, how do you think he's, like, going to be remembered? Like, is he going to be, like, oh, that guy just, he wasn't good enough, and he actually just, he was washed, he was trash, he wasn't as good as people said he was? Like, do you think history will look back on him kind? Um, man, um... Uh, I, I I think it depends a lot on like what his post fight um, career is like. Like if he's out here like still throwing like you know still doing like the boom roasted stick, um, probably not. But like it, like one of the things I joked about um, is like he was I wanted to go back to doing agon wrestling, which is just like you know dual meets. Um, so you know best wrestler calls out best wrestler and they meet in Agon and they get paid and kind of like Matt Morris or something. Um, hmm. But if he commits himself to that, like, you know, he, like, I, I see him being remembered more fondly. Um, <clears throat> yeah, like, we, we I, uh, I remember freaking being upset that he didn't come back in like 2013, uh, 2013 when he got released from Bellator. Um, you know, dude was what, 11, 12, and 0, um, Olympic wrestler. And he was only, like, 29 years old. Like, 29, 28, like, should have came over then. Um, but, yeah. Uh, this is, it's, it's so weird, because, like, he was, between the time he was traded and now, has been so short. And, like, <clears throat> With somebody like Eddie Alvarez, Eddie Alvarez has the wins, like both inside and outside the UFC, hmm. and he's got like 
uh, he he wasn't fighting in like one. He um now he is obviously, but like he was fighting in the belt. So he was fighting in Japan. He was fight like he, he was. Yeah, Eddie was out here. Yeah, Eddie was out here. Like and, and, and like he, there was a, something like in, to be honest, he was just a more fran- fan friendly style of fighting. Right. Um. So like I, Eddie Alvarez obviously is going to be remembered more positively, but like. Ben Askren's run as an actual, like, star or draw in MMA is so short. It's literally from the time he got traded to now. And it's really, and like you said, like, there's been controversy or setbacks every step along the way. So it's really, like, I think he'll be remembered fondly by those who do remember him, but I don't I don't expect him to stick around in the public consciousness too much, you know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah, it's just... It's weird. It's weird. <laughs> it's, uh, I saw a lot of... Uh, a lot of, like, instant reactions after that headline, that article got posted, and a lot of people just kind of, like, instantly wrote him off, like, oh, he was always trash, and I was like, well, I can't... For me personally, I'm like, oh, I can't say he's always trash because, like, Douglas Lima's, like, one of my favorite fighters on the planet, and he trashed Lima, so <laughs> I can't say he was trash. Even though I wasn't really a fan of him, I didn't find him super entertaining to watch, but, like, the man was very effective at what he did, you know, up, up to a point, at least. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's... He he might be one of those guys that kind of he he won't have a universal like. It's really gonna depend on who you talk to. I, I think it depends on who who contextualizes his history moving forward. Like, is Ben Askren going to be remembered? Um, because on the one hand you got the UFC, who basically, okay. You have the UFC, who basically is just going to run that Masvidal knocking Ben Askren highlight out until the end of time, because who wouldn't? Right. <laughs> then you have the media, who, from what I can tell, like, most of them are on friendly terms with Ben Askren. Like Um. So, you know, they have there's them, and then there's, like, us, like, the fans, like, and how we remember him, and how we contextualize his history, and, like... Stuff like, um, there's like stuff like Jack Slack's, like, um, for casual series is so important. You know what I mean? Mm. Because, like, some kid who is literally just getting into MMA right now is going to look at a highlight of, like, okay, uh, oh, um, I, uh, uh, who has a fight coming up? Uh, Alistair Overeem for casuals. Like, okay, I don't know anything about this dude other than he's big and brawl like like teach me you know what i mean right so like it it it, it, it it's going to be it's hard to tell because like there's no i'm not gonna say like and even i think the people who think positively of ben asking think positively of him because of all the stuff that happened to everybody else who like around him you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you know like we said masvidal is now a freaking superstar in the sport because of um Damian Maya finally got over his thing of losing to wrestlers because of him. <laughs> um, yeah, um, and the people who didn't like Demetrius Johnson are happy because they got rid of Demetrius Johnson. So, like, there's that. 
like those are people probably going to think about him positively and speak about him positively in some way, shape, or form. So, uh, but like I said, it, it, I think it's going to depend a lot on what Ben Askren does in retirement. And we'll see. It's only been a couple of days, <laughs> some maybe a week. So yeah, we'll we'll see. But I will say that trade, that trade, man. That's there's gonna be a lot of articles about that in the future, because uh, Mighty Mouse doesn't look like he's stopping anytime soon. Uh, that 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 trade is gonna get revisited at least like once every year. I mean, dude, <laughs> like I I. I... It worked out for the UFC. They got a star out of it. It wasn't Ben Askren, but they got a star out of it. Yeah, that is true. If you look at it like that, because yeah, Masvidal is a uh... yeah. Well, in a way, yeah. I guess for the UFC, you could kind of spin it to a positive. The guy you traded for, you know, it didn't work out for him, but his downfall was another man's <laughs> like shot to start him, pretty much. Um. Oh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But just wanted to kind of just throw that conversation out there. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But peace peace to Ben Axel. Hope, uh, hope post-life career treats you well. But Bring back Aegon Wrestling, damn it. There you go. <laughs> Dude, that show was fun. I don't know. Uh, like, people always talk about like, wrestling. Like, no, that was fun. Uh, who was the dude Askren wrestled? Um, he, it, it, it was Quentin something. And he, uh, Quentin Wright, who was like the NCAA national champion that year, and who was like two or three weight classes bigger than him, and then he just beat, like, he beat him like twenty to six or something. Mm. It was freaking great, hey, man. Ben Askren, because there aren't any like wrestling anything on uh, Fight Pass, is it? Is that a thing? Uh, no. Not that I know of. Hey, man. Throw that on there. Uh, yeah, I have Meta, Meta Morris on there for the longest time. They didn't even pay anybody. <laughs> right. Get, get some wrestlers on there. Hey, man. Yeah. Let, let Ben Askren be the, the the head of that movement. He'll, he'll probably do really he'll do really good in that lane. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see what Ben Askren does in uh, his uh, post-retirement. All right. So... So move on to the uh, dojo breakdown. We'll talk about some fights real quick. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of run through these, and then we'll get to Wilder Ortiz, and then we'll get to uh, these questions. Uh, did you get a chance to watch any of Glory or Bellator? Um, I saw Denise Kielholtz drop and then submit that Turkish girl. Um, in uh in Bellator, I saw the Michael Venom Page knockout. I saw the main event and co-main event of both the Glory fights, and I saw the main event of one. All right. So we'll, and, uh, and obviously, I saw the heavyweight title fight between uh, Luis Ortiz and Deontay Wilder. Right. Yeah, we both pretty. We saw a decent amount, even though there was no UFC. Like there was still some. Uh, there was still a lot of hands being thrown this weekend. So I'll, I'll kind of run through these cards really quick. Well. Elaborate on what we need to elaborate, but probably won't spend too much time on them. Uh, main event, we'll start with uh, Bellator London, uh, headlined by uh, Michael Venom Page and Gianni Lillo. I don't know if I'm saying that correct. Guy. Post- yeah, <laughs> victim. 
it was it was supposed to be MVP versus Derek Anderson, but Derek Anderson pulled out. Uh, so they found uh, Mr. Gianni Malello wherever they found him. Uh, I mean, in typical MVP fashion, you know, you you know how MVP fights go. This was kind of no different, uh, and it just ended with a nasty overhand right. And Malello was looking up at the ceiling. He didn't know what was going on, and it was over. Yeah. Uh, all I'll say about that fight, because I don't want to spend too much time on these. Um, like, I, I like the... And I can't fault MVP for this fight because, like, Derek Anderson had to pull out. And even though I want to say Derek Anderson is getting a little bit older, um, he's still, like, a, a quality opponent. Like, that's that's a guy in Bellator who has put on good fights. Somebody who won't just kind of sit and be a punching bag. Um, but I would still like to see, like, MVP needs to be fighting, like, the Korshkovs and the, well, I know he can't fight Larkin, because Larkin has a fight coming up, but, like, the Korshkovs of the world, um, the one, God, I can never remember the, the Russian guy, um, the one who fought Eric Silva, I cannot remember his name, um, but, like, there, there are some, some good quality welterweight opponents that he can be fighting, um, so don't, let's not, you know, baby him. Yes. <laughs> so, Any longer. I did, this, uh, I, so I didn't realize this until somebody pointed out on um, Twitter. Uh, MVP is the same age, I think, as or he might be older than Kamaru Usman, but he started his career seven months before Kamaru Usman did. Hmm. So, you know, a, a little two uh, welterweights. A little divergent in their career paths. <laughs> hey, I might want to get the ball rolling a little faster. I mean, he is only 32 years old. And as he gets older, that those quick twitch and a lot of what his game relies on, that's going to slow down. Mm-hmm. A lot of what he does is predicated on like timing and like distance control and a lot of that is based on like his movement and his speed and his ability to just kind of get in and get out really quick if that starts to slow us down his fights might start looking a little different yeah um, we'll see though but he got the win he added another uh, notch to his highlight reel so and there's few people in the sport who take full advantage of a squash match like michael venom page i'll give him that yeah i will say that he comes to put on a show and he does that regardless of who he's fighting. So he got that win. Uh, also on the card, co-main event, uh, Fabian Edwards got a win, a split decision win over Mike Shipman. Uh, that's brother of brother of Leon Edwards for those who don't know. Uh, a good a good name to have on his resume. I think this fight still showed that he still uh, has some work to do, but still looking like a pretty solid prospect sitting at nine and zero now. Uh, so, shout out to Fabian Edwards. Also on the card, we had Soren Bach uh, getting a unanimous decision win over Terry Brazier. And Terry Brazier cussed him out in the middle of the match <laughs> while he was being wrestled and laid and prayed. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was the thing that happened. Um, and as you mentioned, uh, Denise Kilholtz uh, got the Americana over Sab- Sabri Singul. Um I didn't see this fight. I saw the highlight of the KO, but apparently uh, Sabri was not happy. Um, she said something to the effect of kickboxing, not MMA. At least that was the quote I was seeing running around. Oh, yeah. So apparently she didn't know this was an MMA fight? I don't know. 
or, or, or like she thought that they were just going to stand and bang? I mean, they did stand and they did bang and she lost yeah. that experience right. too. So I don't it's know like, why she's upset. Right. It's like, it doesn't matter what you thought this match was. You would have lost, like, you would have lost either way. It wasn't, uh, you blitzed forward and got caught with a right and you were staring at the floor. Um, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't going good either way for you, buddy. Uh, shout out to Denise Kilho. She's four and two now. Uh, uh oh, I didn't even realize these two were fighting on this card. Uh what's his name? Uh oh, uh Robert Whit- Whiteford and Sam Cecilia. Yeah, apparently um I didn't see the fight, but apparently this uh Whiteford had a really crazy comeback and he ended up knocking uh Cecilia out. Damn, he did the Sam Cecilia on Sam Cecilia. Yeah. <laughs> apparently yeah, I got to go back and watch that one. They said he uh he pulled a crazy comeback and he uh yeah. Hey, man. Fight ain't over till it's over, bro. But I'm not going to go through the rest of these fights because, uh, you know, you can go look it up. Bellator London. It was all right. Whatever. <laughs> moving on. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, moving on to, we'll go to one championship, Edge of Greatness. Um, I'll let you talk about the main event because I actually only saw one fight on this card. Um, and I, it was not the main event. Damn, you missed the gray one. Um, yeah, so I, I actually have a couple of questions for you before we hop into this because I I do not watch a ton of one because just it, it's it, it's a lot. It has nothing to do with like one is the product because their product has been very good, um, or even like the shady shit they do behind the scenes. It's just like it, it's, a, it's there's always some shit going on and like. As much as I hate to say it, Muay Thai and kickboxing, which is the two things they're genuinely great at booking, um, tend to you know fall by the wayside when there's big boxing and big MMA. But um, for does one have like a different rule set for like Muay Thai? I don't know what their <laughs> to be honest. I don't know what their rule set is for. I only ask because like I've seen some. Um, like back when I was like first getting into martial arts and stuff, I used to watch like stadium kickbox, uh, stadium Muay Thai all the time, hmm. and it, that's very different from like the like um, for example, a guy will probably talk about Petch, like Petch versus uh Van Nostrad, right? Like Petch who fought in uh, in Thailand, way different from the one that fought that fights in Glory, and yeah, you know, obviously there's a different rule set and everything like that, but. Like, this fight, there was no clinching whatsoever. So I was wondering, yeah. like, is that a fact? Is that a factor that they're fighting in MMA gloves? Is that a factor of, of them, like, you know, just, like, is the rule set different where they're not allowed to be in the clinch as long and they were just like, yeah, fuck they, it? They don't, I've noticed, cause like, in a lot of traditional top fights, like, you see a lot more of, like, the dumping and, you know. Yeah, because. In tie fights, those are the things that score the most points. Like right. elbows and, and knees from the clinch, dumps. Like those will win you rounds better than clean punches. I don't. That I don't. Yeah, that I would have to look up because I think one does have like an official rule page on their uh, website. I have to see if they have the Muay Thai rules um, up because yeah, actually, yeah. Now that you think about that, in all of the one fights that I've watched, I don't remember a lot of like dumps like that. Yeah, that that might not be a thing. 
But um, as for the actual fight, Nago versus Simon Petch, uh, Fairtex, absolutely fan fucking tastic fight. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Um, high pace. Nago came out ready to take Simon Petch's head off. Um, dropped him twice in the first or second round, and Simon Petch came back in the uh, in the following round and you know fought his ass off. He was, uh, I, I think, he was still losing, but um. By the four, uh, like the the fourth round knockout punch was akin to watching uh, Robbie Lawler knock out Rory McDonald in their rematch, where it, it's not it, it wasn't even a particularly like amazing punch. Like he he had great great foot, uh, Nango had great foot position on the punch, but like um, it was not, it wasn't even that it was slow motion. It was just like a right hand. It was a straight right hand across down the middle. And you can just see Simon Pitch as he's falling, like all the lights shut off. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it was something else. It was a great fight. Um, absolutely worth wa- uh, worth a watch if you haven't seen it so far. There you go. Yeah, I've only, I saw some clips and highlights, and yeah, it one's Muay Thai fights are normally really good. Like like you said, they they know how to book those. They're they're normally pretty entertaining every time out. Uh, yeah, shout out to Nongo. Uh, Got that win. Bandway champ. Only fight. There you go. The only fight I saw, which I honestly don't remember that much, was the co-main event, uh, Amir Khan versus Ev Ting. Um, this was one of those fights where you watch the fight and you assume one guy won, and then you go back and the decision happens. And it's like, oh, all right, that, that was interesting. Because uh, <laughs> Ev Ting was the one pushing forward for a lot of the fight. Uh, really bringing the aggression. Probably, I'm pretty sure, landed most of the cleaner shots and combinations. Amir Khan spent a lot of this fight either trying to grapple or just kind of backing up and circling out. And I guess you, you would have thought that maybe Ebting won, but, hey, man, one judges, I don't know. I don't know what happened. But Amir Khan got the win. Um, I think he was on a skid, so good win for him. A lot of people weren't happy with it. But, hey, man, that's that's life. Um, and the only other fight I'll mention on this card, because somebody out there wants to know about it, I'm pretty sure, uh, Colby Northcutt, sister of Sage Northcutt, uh, fought a woman named Putri Padme, um, once again, (laughs) I don't know what one does with their weight classes, but these two did not look like they, uh, belonged in the same ring. It's almost like certain people are giving leeway the weight cut and some aren't. Yeah. Yeah, Kobe, look, was this supposed to be, what weight class was this supposed to be? I have no idea. Hold yeah, up. I don't know, because they had me out there looking like a straw weight. <laughs> Kobe. <laughs> so this was supposed to be a 135. Uh, no. No. And if I remember correctly, Kobe is a, was as an amateur and even on the uh, pro scene, she was a featherweight. Yeah. So that he, so it might have been like a bandweight fight that was like at one forty five. You know what I mean? Pat me look like a flyweight. I mean, she probably is a flyweight. <laughs> yeah, Kobe Kobe looked like she had her by like a good twenty pounds, but it. Hey man. You, actually, you know what? I'm gonna say I'm not gonna comment because actually one of the questions that we got kind of sort of ties into that. 
that whole one in their weight classes and that that whole thing. But Colby won, so you know, it is what it is. But uh like the anti cool said, go check out the Nongo and uh uh Sam Pat's Fairtex fight. Uh all all of one of the Muay Thai fights are normally pretty on point, so go give that a look. Um if you get the chance. Moving on uh, Glory 72 was last night, and man, like, I haven't gotten a chance to watch, like, a, a Glory card in full in, like, a while. Normally, I'll just catch one or two fights, but I got a chance to pretty much see most of this card. Um, this card was heat, man. There was a, there were a lot of good fights on, uh, on Glory 72. Or should we start with 71? Start with 71 first? Hey, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, chronological order. All right, hold on. We'll put 72 on hold. Uh, <laughs> Uh, God, because I, I don't have Glory Glory seventy one. All I know the uh, main event was uh, Tiffany Fanzos and Anita uh, Maxson fighting for I want to say the third time. Um, awesome! It was it was a really good fight, man. I I enjoyed it. Um, I can't remember the woman Vansuz fought last, but I remember the performance and thinking like she looks like she's ready for another title shot. Like she she looked reinvigorated. She she looked like she's really been putting in some work, and it definitely showed in this fight, like, there wasn't a whole lot of just, oh, I'm just gonna stare around, and, you know, like, Van Sos was really, really, uh, getting after it, landed a lot of good combinations, she was really getting in Mexican face, um, but I will say, I do think the refereeing in this fight was a little, a little questionable, um, because Van Sos got away with a lot of those spinning back she was trying to do the spinning back fist, but she, the rule in glory is that, like, it has to land with the fist. It can't be forearm or elbow. And she definitely got away with about a good three of those. Yeah. And there was one point where I think the rough even said <clears throat> or mentioned that he was close to taking away a point. And then she did it again. And I thought he was going to take a point, And he just said, hey, watch out. That was really close. And it's like, all right, man. Like, <laughs> like what are we doing? That 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 should have she should have gotten a point taken away. Um, I thought she lost the fight. You did? Yeah. See, I, I only watched it once, so I, I I'd have to go back and 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 rewatch. Um, do you remember who what round you gave who to, or just kind of an overall thing? Uh, no, I just remember thinking like, oh, um, uh. I don't know, it kind of felt like they undersold a lot of Mex's uh, offense. Like, she was, la- like, there were exchanges where, like, you know, Tiffany Vanzos was landing, but, like, it felt like Mexican was landing, like, the harder punches or the more significant strikes. And from commentary, it sounded like they were really pushing for Vanzos. Um Like, it was close enough where I'm like, oh, okay, it's not, like, a robbery, but it's like, oh, I thought Mexican won, you know. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, it was not, yeah. It, was, it wasn't a wipeout, but... By any means, especially a lot of those early rounds, like those first two, I want to say they they were like really really close rounds that you probably could have could have given it either. Um, I don't know, maybe we'll <laughs> maybe fought three times. I mean, it's kickboxing. You can get fight as many times as you want. Right. <laughs> yeah. We'll get part four, twenty twenty. Um, but not really, really, um, really good fight. Um, I didn't see. Did you catch anything else on that card? I, I missed everything else. I only saw the main event. Uh, I watched. The coming events. Wait, let me just pull up the card in front of me. So. Man, those were light heavyweights. I want to say. 
I'm I'm trying not to get confused. Uh, is that the? Because I I watched uh, like four fights between the two of them, so I want to get confused. No, it was um the heavyweight fight between Benjamin Adegbuye and D'Angelo Marshall. So that uh, uh, it was a really good fight. Um, um, Marshall came out strong. Um, I thought he was winning the first round, but he got knocked down at the very end of the of the uh, of the first, and it ended up being a ten eight for Adegbuye. Um, and like it was a really strong competitive fight, but like it just felt like Adegbuye found his rhythm by the end of it. You know what I mean? Um, uh, hit he, 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 Landing really hard with the body kicks, like really hard. Um, so yeah, no solid fight. Um, uh, if you're gonna watch Gory, this is one of the fights you should watch. Not one of the fights that had like the American versus the American fighters on it, because <laughs> yeah, those can be uh hard. Oh, you know what? I won't say that because seventy two had that, and some of those turned out pretty decent. But I get your point though. Sometimes the the, the Americans aren't the uh, we we ain't the go to <laughs> in this sport sometimes. Right, and then he called out uh, Ben Sadiq afterwards. So yeah, go for it, man. Well, there you go. That was Glory seventy one. All on Fight Pass. If you got Fight Pass, you can go uh, go check all these fights out that we're about to mention. So that was Glory seventy one. Uh, Glory seventy two. There was a lot of heat, a lot of heat. I wish I could spend more time on it, but uh, main event uh, for the featherweight title, we had uh, Pechman Ron Kiat Mukau against uh, Kevin Vanestrand. Uh, Vanestrand. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> this was an ugly-ass fight. And, yeah. and I get that was ugly on purpose on uh, Van Nostrad's part, but, like, dude, you're crowding yourself. He just, he's, I guess I'm in the minority, because I saw a lot of people who hated this fight. I actually was pretty entertained, because, like, yeah, it was ugly. It, it was very ugly. But I was like, listen, man, Patch is a monster. Pat, Patch lands some really nasty leg kicks in this fight, man. Like, I can't remember what round that was, but he leg kicked Kevin so hard that, like, he just fell to the other side of the ring. Like, <laughs> Like, he did, like, a hobble dance and, like, fell and ended up getting back up. But, yeah, I mean, I guess against a guy like Patch, like, you don't want Patch at striking distance because he starts getting those, that left kickoff, and it's, it's going to be a long night for you. Um, so he just went in, and then Kevin just made it a really grimy, just kind of ugly, uh, dirty fight, which I, I can't blame him, like, you know. I guess he just didn't want Patch to get comfortable, which he, he didn't let him get comfortable. It wasn't, I guess for some people, the most eye-pleasing thing in the world, but... Well, I, I, I was upset because, like, he was upset that Patch was grabbing him, but he, like, Patch at least was, like, doing, like, cool shit with it where he would get, like, the over-under, hit a knee, and then toss him through the ropes. Right. You know, like, you know, that, like, that type of fun. Like, Van Nostrad was literally just punching, like, basically just throwing himself at him and then tying up and not doing anything with it. Like, it was, re- it was a really, like, ugh. 
the strategy was good. I think the execution was kind of like no, dude. Don't get me wrong. Like if you're fighting a Muay Thai fighter, the end, the I, I I don't want to like generalize because there are a lot of different styles of fight, but like the tried and the tried and true strategy and somebody who likes to lean like you know sand distance kick is to just go hard, come up the middle, like, with uppercuts and stuff, and try to, like, you know, get through the guard. That did not happen here. Vanessa was pretty content to just, like, throw himself into the uh, into the clinch exchange. And then he got... Like you, and then he got upset when it happened to him, which I didn't understand. And it's like, you can be wild, but it has to be controlled somewhat. Because, like you said, when you start to overcrowd, like, at that point, you're messing up your own offense. Like, I think he, if he might have had a bit more success if he was able to kind of like, I guess have like a stutter rhythm, like get in, crowd, get your shots off, get out, crowd reset, crowd again. Like, I don't know. Like he, like I said, he would crowd him, but he wasn't, he crowded him so much that he kind of limited what he could do at the same time. Cause there weren't a lot of moments where I think Vanderstrand landed like a clean, crisp-like combination. He just made it just really sloppy, just kind of ugly kind of fight. Um, which he was actually able to keep the pace up. I was surprised that he, cause he, he came out guns blazing in the first. And I was like, bro, you got four more rounds, and kept the pace. But yeah, just it wasn't wasn't the prettiest thing in the world. But uh, it didn't need to be. It just needed to be like more effective than what it was. Yeah. And then he didn't need to throw a fit about it. And props to Patch, because even though it was kind of this ugly, grimy kind of fight, like, he still made it work. <laughs> he still got off what he needed to get off. And like I said, when he was in the clinch, he was landing good knees, even though they don't score dumps, but he was def- he was definitely tossing Van Strand around a couple times. Uh, and I didn't know this was glory rule. The fight ended in a majority draw. <clears throat> but in a majority draw in a championship fight, that means the champ retains his belt. Uh, so Patrick got the win. Uh, retains his belt. Uh, do you want to real quick <laughs> care to talk about the Kamozi and uh, Riot Waller fight? I, I do only because in the first round that was some bullshit. <laughs> Riot Waller had Chris Kamozi dead to rights, like out on his feet. The referee hops in to break it up, looks Kamozi in the eyes, and is like, keep fighting. <laughs> now, it was like, what happened uh, the other week when uh, Naya Inouye and Nonito Donaire, except the referee didn't actually count anything, so it wasn't a 10-8 round on two of the judges' scorecards because of that. Which is dick, because that would have won the fight outright. Yeah. Yeah. Like. When he caught Kamozi, Kamozi looked like he had no clue what was going on. Like, that man was staring into space, just standing on his feet. And that's why when this fight went to the extra round, I was like, bro, if Kamozi wins this, nothing against Kamozi, but that is some, that's some nonsense. Mm-hmm. But luckily, while I got the extra round, it wasn't, <laughs> it, it was a cool fight. It was a, it was an entertaining fight, but it's one of those fights where it's just like, bro, if Kamozi wins this, like, you're going to look back at that rough and be like, you kind of cost him that fight. Because he definitely, that should have been a knockdown. No, no. There were a couple of referee moments, I feel like, on this card that were kind of, kind of like questionable. But 
Waller ended up winning, so it is what it is. He got the split decision win going the extra rounds. Um, I'll kind of skip around. Also on the card, you had J.D. Menezes versus... Ooh, I'm going to butcher this name. Chamangi Sor Tahirin. I probably said that very wrong. Um, but it ended with a body punch. So, Sasa Menezes, <laughs> she got the win via body punch. Uh, Bailey Sugden defeated John Morehouse via TKO. Um, the Super Fight Series portion was really, really good, man. There were a lot of KOs. Uh, shout out real quick so I don't forget to... Um, gentleman named John King. He got a 10-second KO over Tom Matlin. It's the fastest KO in glory history. They came out. Matlin threw like a leg, a body kick. Uh, John countered with, I think, a right and then a left and then a right, and it was over. <laughs> so that was that. So shout-out to John King. He got the uh, quickest winning in glory history. Uh, but the fight I was most looking forward to, um, pretty much honestly on this card, was uh, Serhey Adamchuk versus Abraham Vidalez. Um, I've been really high on Vidalez, really young kid who has a lot of high upside. This is a huge step up in competition for him. Um, it was a really good fight, man, between him and Adam Chuck. Um, probably one of the more, like, aggressive performances I've seen from Adam Chuck. He really was going after Vidalez um, in this fight. And Vidalez was able to hold his own, but you could also tell that, like, this is a huge step up in competition. And he might, it might have been too much, too quick. Um Adam Chuck being a former champ, a former, former featherweight champ, for those who don't know. Um, it was a really it was a really good fight, but you could tell Adam Chuck was just kind of like one step ahead. And then he, he started getting off in that third round, and he ended up getting Vidalas out of there. Um, so props to Adam Chuck, because I think that was actually his first finish, I want to say, in glory, first knockout. Uh, gave Vidalas a really high-touted prospect, his first loss. Um, but... Vidalas is still a guy to keep an eye on, man. The kid's only like 20, early 20s. He's got a lot of high upside, but probably just one of those fights where, you know, you, you lose to the vet, but you, you go back and you, you'll you probably learn a whole lot from that fight. Um, any other fights you want to mention? There were a lot of good fights on the Superfight series. I don't know if you saw them, but a lot of people got sent to the afterlife. Uh, no, those are the only fights I saw from uh, any of the glory cards and the one card, so I'm good. I'll give a last shout-out to Charles Rodriguez versus Taylor Crawl. Uh, Rodriguez need him like 80 times to get the stoppage. Um, <laughs> I don't know why the ref didn't stop that fight earlier. But, uh, yeah, I'll just read these real quick. Charles Rodriguez, uh, TKO over Taylor Crowell. Uh Newcomer Nathan Ward, I think that was his glory debut, got a win over Justin Greskowicz. Gris uh, and Joe Taylor got a KO win over Derek Lofter, caught him with a nasty two-piece. Uh, and as I mentioned, John King got the uh, fastest KO in glory history over Tom Matlin. And Kanat Tasibe defeated Ben Acosta over via split decision. But shout-out to the Americans on the Superfight Series, because, well, mo it was mostly Americans versus Americans, but most of those fights were actually pretty good. Um, pretty, pretty good fights. So that was Glory 71 and 72. If you got Fight Pass, give those a look. They were great. All right. Let's move on to some boxing. Yeah. Deontay, Deontay Wilder versus Luis Ortiz 2. Emphasis um, on some. Because they only landed like 30 punch each, each in like <laughs> seven <laughs> rounds of fighting. So. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, I'll let you head this one off. How 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 would you feel after uh after watching this card or after watching that fight? I think no different than what I felt like going into the fight. It's just like, okay, Luis Ortiz lost the first fight because he was like, the, the first fight is very much Kelvin Gaslam, Jacare Sosa vibes, where like, okay, Luis Ortiz is obviously not a worse fighter than Deontay Wilder. In fact, he might actually be um, uh, substantially better, but he's also older. Like, and it's really hard for him to keep the pace that he kept, uh, that that first fight had, and it ended up being that when he actually did hurt Deontay Wilder, he was too tired to capitalize, and Wilder ended up knocking him the fuck out. So what does he do in the rematch? He tries to keep it a slow pace while still pressuring, still trying to, you know, force Wilder to miss. And at a certain point in the fight, he stops pressuring and just ends up following. And then Wilder tags him with a right hand and sends him to, you know, the back of the line. Like, the the actual punch that ended up, um, like, the actual, the, the sequence that, that, uh, that ended up today, the fight was literally just Wilder blissfully circles away from the, uh, the ropes while sticking his hand out and he th- he falls up with a jab Lucas goes to parry and ends up right in the path of Wilder's right hand and ends up getting knocked the fuck out it's like there are certain aspects of Wilder's game that are really underappreciated like, I, I, I still think he's a good boxer, but, like, it's great at setting up that right hand. It, like, he does not get enough credit. It, it's not so much a trap as it is just, like, he springs it on people. But he will hide that punch for seven rounds and then spring it on you. And it's such a change of pace that you won't have time to, you know, to process it before you get knocked out. Yeah, because it's not like early in the fight, he wasn't even really showing it that much. He didn't show it at all. Yeah, like, he, he pawed a lot with, like, his left jab. He wasn't, it wasn't like some of the earlier fights where I saw from him when he was just out here, like, I'm just going for bombs, like, the entire time. Like, he was really just pawing with his left. He ate a lot of left hands, I'll say that. Ortiz caught him with a lot of overhand left, straight left, left to the body. And Wilder was just kind of out there, just kind of, like, <laughs> like, he's kind of chilling. And you were just kind of waiting for him to, like, um, almost in in similar, somewhat similar fashion to the Fury fight, where it's like, bro, you know, you know, uh, you gotta you gotta start fighting back, man, because uh, these these rounds might be getting away from you. But like when you have that, and uh, to kind of piggyback off what you said, like a lot of people I saw, like, oh, Wilder's a bum, he's only got that power. But it's like, bro, that's still a talent. Like a lot of people have power and don't know how to use it. How to set it up, or how to, you know, <laughs> like, it's one thing to have the power. It's another thing to like, I know how and when to use this, and if I land, like, I, I can't fault him. He's just, dude, is just naturally just, 
the man's right hand was just like crafted from <laughs> like it's, some it's, ancient it was just different. ancient holy material or something like he is just different um yeah that's that's a scary like people give him uh, and that I think that's part of it too people are giving him too much respect like you have to there uh, the way I see it there are two ways to go about beating him you have to get him to show the right hand and make him miss with it, like Fury was doing, you know, at certain points in the fight, not the parts where he got knocked down. Um, or you just got to crowd him. Like, he is 220 pounds. Like, you know, br- take away the right hand, but take away his face. Mm-hmm. Um, and, th- and that is actually kind of hard, because, like, while he doesn't have the best footwork in the world, he is surprisingly agile. Um like Ortiz was pressuring him the whole fight, and I don't think he at any at any point like um he was able to close the distance with uh, Wilder's back along the uh, the ropes. I know Wilder kept that left kind of just pawed out there. Mm-hmm. Like and that's the other thing; he's super freaking long. Yeah, so like you can't as good as like Ortiz was. He was landing some decent shots, but he was it took up. him a while to kind of work his way like, inside to even land them, because, like I said, like, Wilder's so long, you can't just, for one, he's long, for two, that is definitely not the guy you just want to rush in, like, you, you gotta be careful what you're doing, because obviously we see the man lands one, and, you know, you're staying up at the ceiling, <laughs> life's not so good anymore, um, now nah, he, Wilder's scary, man, that is a, like, I've seen a lot of guys in all combat sports with, like, power. But this is just different, man. Like, this is, like... I don't know a lot of guys who kind of just wield, like, this nuke that he has. And it's, like... And it's crazy because it doesn't matter what round it is. Like, some dudes got the tactical nuke for the first two rounds. But if you get them tired, like, their power just kind of wanes. Bro, he's got the tactical nuke on deck all 12 rounds. Like, it don't matter how much you beat on him. It don't matter how tired he is. If the nuke lands, it's game over. It's game over. The system shut off. The red ring of death. <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Like, it's it's over. Um, I almost feel like Ortiz got, like, lulled into, like, a... I say a false sense of security, but... Like, the fight was just going a certain pace the entire time. And then Wilder kicked it up that one moment, and that was that was all it took. Yeah, no, that's that's what Wilder does. That is, God, I could not imagine. I I really feel bad for Ortiz too, because it's like, man, like you were doing, you were, you were a couple of rounds away from well, as long as no shenanigans happened with the judges, you probably would have won that fight. But coulda, shoulda, wouldas. The fight ain't uh it ain't over till it's over. Um Ugh. <laughs> Uh So are we do you, who 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 do you wanna see uh are we, are we trying to see well I guess he said uh the Wilder Fury rematches that's uh that's going down, I guess. Yeah. I think it'd be interesting to see him against Andy Ruiz. Yeah. I like that fight. 
I mean, I, I want to see him against one of Joshua Ruiz, either or. But I mean, yeah, obviously, any any one of those three, like Joshua um, Fury or Ruiz, but uh, we we saw like I've I've seen the Fury fight and that we'll get it again. So beyond that, I, I would like to see him fight Ruiz because I think that's an interesting matchup. I like it because of how well I, I have a very small sample size because I literally that was my first time seeing Ruiz fight. <laughs> against the against Joshua, but I guess kind of the way he fights, I feel like it would make it a fun Wilder fight. Like I think he could kind of do some of what Ortiz did, but it would be a little more. Another word, because like you said, they didn't throw a ton of uh. The punch stats were kind of wild. Looking at this, um, wasn't like a super ton of like activity. Um. Oh, no. No, either way. Any of those three would be fights I want to see, but... Yeah, that, that Wilder boy, that right hand. Um, I don't know. feel bad for Ortiz, but it, it is what it is. Get hit with the nuke. Just get hit with the nuke, man. Um, did you catch any of the undercard before we move on? Uh, I did, but it's out of my mind, to be honest with you. And- Kind of look at these questions. I'm interested what people want to know or want our opinions on. There you go. Let's let's do that. Uh, I'll read it real quick though. Le- Leah Santa Cruz got a decision over Miguel Flores. Brandon Figueroa got a win over Julio. Julia, Julio Seja, and a fight that I heard was really, really, really good. Um, and Eduardo Ramirez defeated uh, Led One Bartholomew via fourth round TKO. All right, that was all the fights. Uh, shenanigans of this week so oh wait wait wait, wait. There, there was one other fight um marcellus wilder got knocked out by dustin oh. long yeah he did yeah um i just wanted to point that out uh good on wilder for not letting it get to him deontay that is um you know well maybe it didn't it got unleashed in that yeah, sure. He, he does seem like the type of guy who would not get down. He just get angry. Yeah, he he held on to that boy. Yeah, he yeah his brother caught that nasty hook though. Uh, Jukon fought on the zone too. I gotta watch this fight. It looked pretty good. But I was watching it in between glory. But uh, hey there. This is uh Serial Sensei back again. <laughs> Sorry, the episode ended a bit abruptly, but like I said, this was only half. Uh, of a whole conversation that we recorded that got chopped into two episodes and if you would like to hear the other uh, half of the conversation uh, please go back and listen to episode number 158 if you have not already and you can hear the mailbag portion of the episode where we talk about uh, who's hotter between Paige Van Zandt oh I said Paige Van Zandt I'm lying (laughs) who's hotter between Rachel Ostevich and Tracy Cortez Uh, we had questions about UFC fighters and mental health, um, what champions, uh, what current champion uh, could end up losing their belt. Uh, we talked about Jones versus Reyes. Lots of fun, good, engaging conversation with great questions from you guys. So if you want to hear that portion of the conversation, that would be episode 158. But if you've already listened to 158 and you just finished episode 159, just stay tuned, man. We'll be back. Uh, next week when Usman Covington goes down and you know back on normal schedule back with the ball rolling you know how we do 
Content, content, content. We're we're always always dropping episodes, episodes, man. Pretty consistent every week. So, thank you guys for listening, man. I'm Serial Sensei, host of the Dojo Talk podcast. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.